0: Hello, friend, Mel Jeffcoat here. It is 8.07 on a Wednesday evening, and today I'm going to talk about initiation. This came about because earlier today my husband was reading a book about Jewish alchemists, and he came to a section where it mentioned that the Jewish alchemists hid their teaching in the Hebrew, to keep it away from the uninitiated. And so he was asking me, well, what does it mean to be initiated, and why would they have done this? And of course, I couldn't say with any certainty why they had done it, but I could come up with some ideas. But first, what is initiation? My understanding and my experience of initiation is that it is an emotional experience. And here I'm talking about um, initiations that have been designed to uh, make you a member of a particular group. So they, if they've been designed by somebody that's at all competent, then you will experience a set of symbols in the form of a story. And if it's well done, then it will be a dramatic and visceral experience. Later on, as you progress in that group, you will have things to study and learn that will make sense of those symbols and teach you how to use that story when navigating your life or navigating that group. I used the example, we are both members of uh, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, which is an, initi- an initiatory order of, uh, of a fraternal fellowship. Now, I can't speak of the details of our initiation experience, but um, you know, the broad terms hold. It was a dramatic experience. It set up certain, um, certain symbols and certain storylines that are used throughout Odd Fellowship. And the purpose is to make people that, that want to help other people, because that is the purpose of Odd Fellowship, is to help other people in specific ways and to help each other. So that's, that's what uh, initiations are. And they don't just happen as like a formal introduction to a group. That's a very common way, but you can just have spontaneous initiations. Any sort of experience that causes a transformation in you and that changes your worldview, you can consider that an initiation. Especially if, after it has happened, you come back to it regularly and reflect on it and really try to figure out what it is that you have learned from this experience and how it has changed you. And the other thing that I pointed out is that initiations are just the beginning of a transformation. If you join a group and, that has an initiation, and all you do is, is that beginning initiatory process, but you do nothing else with it, then you started it, but you were not really initiated. It is a continuing process. And you can go through the initiation process multiple times and get more out of it each time depending on the group. I mean, some groups don't don't officially do the initiation more than once. But um, if you participate in it when initiating other people, that is a way of going through it again and, and um, enhancing it. So once we covered all of that, then my speculation on why the uh, Jewish alchemists would have hidden their teachings in this way? Well, I can only speculate, of course, but I think it's likely that persecution may have had something to do with it. I know that in a lot of non-Jewish magical contexts, that is definitely a reason for secrecy, has been over the centuries. Um, There's also the um, point that alchemy can be dangerous, working with chemicals, and if some random person picks up a, a handbook that's not hidden and says, hey, this is how you can make something, they could hurt themselves. So it was a way of keeping control of who's learning and whether they are prepared to learn. It also, I'm sure, was a way to keep things valuable, again, by controlling who could learn the the methods. And it reminded me of a story that I've heard. And this comes from John Michael Greer, who I mentioned in the first podcast episode. but. He had written about, there was some medieval, I think, uh, alchemical manual that in its pages had instructions that if you followed them, you would blow yourself up. And it it was a little booby trap so that anybody who didn't know better, who didn't have a teacher to tell them, don't do this section, um, they would remove themselves uh, from from the competition real quick. Or, you know, if they happen to be clever enough and cautious enough, and maybe knew enough from other things that they caught this was a bad idea, then they might live long enough to receive some actual instruction. But uh, that's just an interesting tidbit about alchemical history. Unfortunately, I don't recall the name of of the manuscript that this was in, but uh, possibly some googling could find it. I don't know. But, yeah, initiation. It's something that our um, society has a distinct lack of, at least in a formal sense. Like I said, you can always have initiatory experiences on your own, but these sort of um, more formal, more um, more predictable sort of initiations that bring about a specific transformation. that doesn't really exist too much. Uh, there's some remnants of it in like the sororities and fraternities. And again, some remnants of it in fraternal groups, such as the Oddfellows and the Masons, and the Grange, I understand. But other than that, there's really not too many opportunities for official initiation into anything. And even when you do find it, it, it's not always written by anybody who understands how initiations work. So I've, not to pick on the Unitarian Universalist Church, but they, the people who write the rituals there don't know what they're doing. And I don't think I've ever seen a UU ritual that had very much power, but they try. So I guess that's something. Um, but uh, I guess that's all I have to say about initiations right now it covers the bulk of what we talked about this morning so i'm interested to hear from anybody if you have any experience with initiations or any thoughts on it or any thoughts on how they could become a bigger part of our life in this world that we, we live in so that's all from t- for tonight I will uh, talk to you tomorrow.